The sky is falling. Reed Ducharme is off the table. It, everything has gone downhill. Locked on Syracuse. It's right now. Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh-oh. Matt Bonaparte. Oh, okay. Uh-oh. <laughs> I feel the same way. Uh, Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine with you here on Locked On Syracuse. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. Uh, calamity has struck Syracuse in that redo charm who was a real hopeful recruit for SU, small forward, six foot six, could have played shooting guard probably, uh, four-star guard forward uh, at Brewster Academy, has just committed to Xavier instead of Syracuse. The top three, I've said this on the pod a couple times, weirdest top three I think I've ever seen from a college recruit, Syracuse, Penn State, Xavier. Uh, those three schools just don't mesh in my mind. I don't know why. Um, he's off the table. He's gone. And it's it's tough. A lot of people have different theories out there as to why Syracuse didn't get him. We asked on Twitter. One guy said Beheim said they couldn't accept a commitment until they explored all guard options. I don't know if that's true, but those are the rumors that are swirling out there. I don't have information that says that. I don't know if that guy's got inside sources, but I will say not having Reed Ducharme isn't great. That's bad, dude. You're supposed to really be recruiting, supposed to be going this way. There's no reason you should have been beaten by Penn State and Xavier. This should have been a gimme, a layup, and they couldn't get him. I, I like to think last or this week I made a sandwich for lunch. I set it down on my couch. I went to get a glass of water. I came back. My dog ate the sandwich. That's where you are now <laughs> with the class of 2023. You once thought you had lunch made. It's the gone. Dog ate the okay. You've got to start over. You have awesome. to start over now. That's exactly what this is. You thought, and I mean, think of the, the difference. Last Friday's episode was all positive sunshine rainbows. Yeah. We're hyping yeah. up Syracuse basketball recruiting. One week, it has been seven days since we recorded that, and now I, I don't think I need to hesitate to press a panic button right now because Boink. things have just shaken up tremendously for the class of 2023. This is gigantic news for Syracuse. I think you you thought you had in the back pocket Reed Ducharme and J.P. Estrella, and right now the crystal ball is saying yes. you're walking and away with none of them, and that's something we're gonna we got to look at too. We'll get to JP in a second, but I want to talk about, we'll talk read. I want to talk about the fact that what does the roster look like next year? Chaz Owens, by the way, I don't know if everybody saw the news has officially transferred. He's going to a Juco in Ranger, Texas, uh, which is huge for Syracuse. So there's another Scully. Um, So next season rolls around. You have Symeer, Joe, and Jesse, and Chaz gone, and potentially Judah gone. You might have five scholarships for next season, for the for the 2023 fall. And it looks right now 
like you're only going to use one, and that's if you can get Mike Williams. So not having Reed is is actually tremendously brutal because this was already going to be a small class, smaller than it needed to be, likely. Uh, and right now, Syracuse is going to have to run into panic mode probably for the entirety of this upcoming season because they have to fill the roster, and yeah. they're going to have to take a step back from what they thought they were going to be as a recruiting powerhouse because you the, the the years of and I'm not throwing shade at them as players but as recruits the years of um the Barama Sidibes and the Marek Dolajais those years we thought were in the back mirror okay where you have to just hope some kid from uh eastern europe can play basketball that is not what Syracuse is supposed to be about at this point okay and they have to be because they're whiffing on players that they should have in the bag. So I don't know who's going to fill this roster as for freshman next season. All I know is Reed's gone. And to talk about JP a little bit, my thought was if you got JP, it would be with Reed. If you didn't get Reed, you're not going to get JP. So, And the crystal balls, like you say, are pointing towards Tennessee for him. Wrong kind of orange, JP. Okay. Yeah. So that's not looking good as well. So say you've got both those guys gone right now. You're looking at Mike Williams, who is a guard. He just got bumped up to a four-star. But I don't think I liked the competition there any more than I liked it with Reed Ducharme. LSU, Wake Forest, DePaul, and Clemson. That's a harder – that's a gambit they're going to have to run. Yeah. A gauntlet. This is this is brutal. And, I mean, we'll we'll extend our congrats to Reed because this is not – by any means, we have no disrespect for him, no knock on him. No, of course. Where you Congrats feel, to right? Reed. Congrats to Reed. Uh, but what you look at when you see this is, as you were saying, a missed opportunity and now a what's next. Because this is not like a, you missed out on one of five recruits that you're you're in this conversation for. You missed out on one of the two guys that you were in a conversation for. And the other guy looks like he doesn't want to be any part of this right now. Uh, and looks like Tennessee could be the answer. Now we know that is by no means finite. We know that is no by no means set in stone, as we saw with Judah Mintz, Right? This could still be an opportunity where you know Syracuse now gives a late pitch to JP. They mix things up, and and things can change. That's not set in stone, but it doesn't look good by any means. This is a huge loss for Syracuse because it goes to show that maybe the efforts were not where they needed to be. And I think that's where when you look at Twitter and you see some of the responses and you see people, you know, up in arms with Jim Beheim and the recruiting process, it does make things a little bit difficult. Now we have no facts on that. We have no information on, you know, how involved or uninvolved was Jim in this recruiting cycle. But when you look at, you know, Reed's commitment video that was uh, on 24 seven, their network of, you know, broadcaster coverage, he talked about how he's committing to Xavier and Sean Miller. He's committing to a head coach, which in my eyes screams that the head coach was involved in all aspects of this recruiting process. They were having frequent conversations. I'm reading articles that's, you know, of Reed talking about how often they were talk- talking about what they saw as a future together and growing together and where, you know, his role was. And I don't know. If you know, if you're Reed, you can see that same thing at Syracuse when you've got a recruiting class of, you know, the size that Syracuse has this season. Yes, there are guys leaving, but there's nothing that, 
you know, you really have in terms of set in stone, especially if he stays at a three. Yes, he can probably play the two. You, you know, you hear how he's one of the better shooters in this class. But as a three, you know, you're not really having all too many of your three guards leave if you're Syracuse right now. So maybe that was something he saw. But regardless of that, uh, I think this is a very, very big missed opportunity for Syracuse because this is a guy that I think you you really want to have on your you know on your roster on your team in your rotation uh, because he seems like that type of player that you know is that spot up shooter uh, can do a number of things and it, it is a missed opportunity for Syracuse even if he's not you know the day one starter and the day one star on the squad. Yeah, and and when you compare the pitch that Xavier must have given him being. And we've talked about this a little bit a couple of weeks ago that it was probably like you're going to be the the big recruit uh, of the new era of musketeer basketball. You're going to be the guy. Is that hard to turn down? Maybe it is. But at the same time, Syracuse should be able to put something together that is better than that. Syracuse's projection right now is that they're going to have some of the best young talent the ACC has to offer. Obviously, there's the UNCs and the Dukes of the world. but Syracuse's young class coming in right now could do something really special, and they should have been able to market that to guys like JP and Reed and get him to join it. I mean, to be fair, JP did say when he was on the pod with us both times that he, or I guess only the second time where he talked about his visit, that he enjoyed uh, meeting all the guys up there and whatnot, and, and it looked like they're all good. I guess Syracuse just can't market it well enough. Uh, and we'll continue this, but I just got to take a short break. Talk about betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting scores and podcasts. They've got you covered. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. That's not all. Thanks for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. The ultimate college football preview is here. A seven-episode preview with college experts, local team experts, and Odyssey College Football Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. Search for Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine, talking about the effects of Reed Charm picking the Musketeers over the Orange um, Syracuse misses out on a big time player who would have made a big time difference in a couple years time for Syracuse. Very tough. Yeah. Very tough. It, difficult it hurts. to deal with. It hurts. And, uh, you know, I'm reading an article right now from Adam Baum of the Cincinnati Inquirer who, you know, talked about how, you know, Ducharme was a little bit more, you know, you talk about the, the length of the recruiting process and the value of getting there earlier uh, Ducharme apparently had, you know, developed a, a pretty strong relationship with the Xavier associate head coach, Adam Cohen, uh, who was, you know, already recruiting, uh, Reed when he was coaching over at Stanford. So that was prior to, you know, him coming over and starting to, to join this new, uh, up and coming staff at Xavier. And then, uh, he's talking about the official visit. And this is one of those things that, that I always look at and, you know, his thoughts, and this is the quote from him. The thing I took away was that coach Miller was Sean Miller. So Xavier's head coach is involved out on the court, helping correct them, sees things going the wrong way, trying to help them, not just yelling at them. So I think this, when you look at this and you look at 
you know, the the conversations that we're hearing were consistently being had with Sean Miller and how involved he is in this entire process. And, you know, it's more than, yes, there's value to Adam Cohen having that relationship already. But when I read, you know, earlier interviews from, from Reed about his recruiting process at Syracuse, yes, he spoke highly of the Orange, but also you're reading that all of his conversations are with Coach McNamara. And that's no nod or that's no knock on GMAC, but you know, when you've got a head coach that's doing most of the recruiting and the conversations and, you know, this talk and pitch and deep, deep chats that you're having about a player's future versus an assistant coach, sometimes that can stand out. And I have no, you know, true knowledge as to how involved Jim was in this. I will continue to repeat that. But things that I'm taking in from, you know, reports and articles and stuff of that nature suggested that this was very much GMAC's recruiting process and, and his pitch. And it, it always and seems to be yeah. the case. And yeah. some person, uh, let's see, I just want to make sure I get it right. Somebody I think commented that's where the on frustration our, is from Orange fans. Yeah, and somebody commented on our our tweet as well um, that he's just it's not the same because, and it's correct to think that you're gonna not have a leg up when you don't have the Hall of Fame coach out there recruiting um, because what I mean when you have guys going out there like uh, Xavier's coach was compared to Bayheim and actually talking to guys, it's always going to be different. Right. And if you only meet Bayheim on the visit and you meet him for 10 minutes at his house or something, I don't know what the story is. I've never been a recruit, but it just seems to me like they could have done better. Yeah. I'm looking right now. We just got another reply uh, from Neil Adler uh, talking about how, yeah. He is the man, so we'll we'll give him that shout. Uh, you know, Syracuse with three freshman guards on the roster, uh, and he says while they've been prioritizing Reed, they were consistently pursuing multiple other 2023 guards. And he brings up the recurring point that you know when we talked to JP Estrella, said that this wasn't an issue, and that Jim you know mentioned he'd be there the whole time. But you know, he brings up the thought of there's still uncertainty over when is Beheim's last year. And as a recruit, you know, how much thought goes into that? You've got a guy uh, at Xavier and Sean Miller that's year one. And, you know, a year one coach in theory is there for your entire run at a program, whereas, you know, as you approach year 50, uh, you don't and necessarily think, have that security in terms of recruits. And they're, I think that's you a know, good point. The, yeah. that sort of peace of mind of him being there the whole time. Uh, another thought to consider in terms of where, this decision comes from in terms of read also like this is ha- this has got to be the worst way uh, about going about retirement like yeah you okay everybody thought okay there he goes he'll be back in a second there he is but everybody thought he was gone in 2015 that the university was forcing him out um he doesn't leave now okay he's back for however long he wants now in the last couple of seasons are you leaving? Are you not leaving? It is only going to hurt. Name one other coach in the country that's done something like this. It's all, It's never like this. It's either I'm gone or I'm gone at the end of the year. It's never like, it's up to you. I mean, what do you think I'm leaving? But we have an ironclad plan. You'll never know. Like, like it doesn't help anybody. How could this be beneficial towards recruiting? And I feel as if it only means so much to a recruit when you say, oh, yeah, I'll be there forever. 
you know, I'll be there for as long as you're there. Like, uh, do I believe that? Like, how could I believe that? So I just think that Bayheim's indecisiveness over his retirement or, well, he, I guess he's not indecisive because he continually tells everybody that he's going to keep coaching until he doesn't want to anymore. But, the mystique about it and the uncertainty of everybody around the the issue doesn't help recruiting. It doesn't. No. And this is where, you know, we sort of stand right now uh, and, and you look at where things, and I think the, the common question right now, as it should be is what's next. And, and that is sort of the, the thought where you have to go right now. If you are Syracuse, doesn't look good for JP. We discussed that. Uh, you, you know, you missed out on what was it a, a final 12 earlier this week uh, with a recruit, you know, so you're you you've missed out on another opportunity. Uh, let me pull up Syracuse's recruiting class right here to see, you know, any other ideas, right? Obviously, I click on commits first and that that 2023 class still looks blank, which That's is a not great page, right? That, uh, <laughs> that drives home exactly what's going on. Um, but you look at, you know, what's going on here and we've got, I don't know. Only there have only been three guys who have either been scheduled know. or had a visit JP and Reed and yeah. Mike Williams. Mike Williams has Mike his Williams. visit on Friday, September 16th this year, yes. which th- there's your hope, by the way, that is your hope Correct. and prayer that Mike Williams says, okay, I'm coming to Syracuse, but yeah. otherwise it's just like, what are they going to do? Like, there there has to be so much that we don't know about that is going to happen because otherwise, what are you going to do with five scholarships? You're going to give them to yeah. five Patty Casey's? They only make one of those guys. Like, what are they going to do? Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what's next. Uh, and the answer right now is Mike Williams, but... You know, even that is very early then on. There's four yeah. other scholarships. What yeah, are they going to do? Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Are you going to attack the transfer portal? Maybe. I they. I mean, I, I don't know if, if you want. Honestly, it would be a it would be such a failure if Syracuse waltzed into the 2023 season having four scholarships that aren't filled by scholarship yeah. caliber players. If you're giving them to guys like Chaz Owens, who had a scholarship for God knows why. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, maybe they attract the, maybe they attack the transfer portal, but I, I mean, you can't really be sure about that. I don't know how they plan on filling those, but they have to. Yeah. Um, it was a Marco Jackson. We talked about him earlier this oh, week. Yeah, Syracuse so misses out Jackson. on the top 12. Uh, so there's another one off the list, right? Right now, you know, the option is Mike Williams, right? You look at, you know, these offer sheets, Elijah Gertrude, Syracuse didn't make his top five or six uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, there's no one else that's warm. People are committed or have gone pro. Your option is Mike Williams right now. Now, I will say, right, last season, you know, you were able to snag some late commits. It's not dead. Right, you can grab later cycle commits, but we're at the time right now. And I said this with football uh, earlier this week. You're you're at the time right now where you want to at least have, you know, guys on the horizon. And it seems like the horizon right now has Mike Williams standing there, and there's nothing else. And you don't want to have to find four transfer portal guys 
going into the 2023 season. If you grab, you know, two guys off the transfer portal, fine. I think that makes sense. You've got five scholarships. You've got, what, five already this season. Um, you know, a huge recruiting class already in the class of 22. Um, do you want to have, you know, 10 guys, 11 guys that are freshmen and sophomores on your roster? Not exactly. So maybe you grab two or three guys in this class and you're fine with, you know, a grad transfer or two or an upperclassman that transfers in. Uh, that is fine. And I think you should a lot for, you know, two of those scholarships to be for a transfer. But right now you've got to still find three guys, maybe two guys you can get away with, but there's only one guy on the horizon uh, and everyone else has either, you know, crossed Syracuse off their top whatever list or is committed somewhere else. So that it's time for Syracuse to start making some phone calls, looking around, having conversations that they didn't think they were necessarily going to have when, you know, the sun was shining beautifully on the orange horizon uh, with JP and Reed. Uh, but right now those two have taken a turn. Uh, JP is looking for, what is that, a burnt orange compared to Syracuse orange? Uh, and I think so, yeah. Reed, as we've been discussing, going to Xavier. So it's it's square one. Uh, I'll tell you what, if we talk down a little bit on the prioritization of Mike Williams last week, uh, boy, is he priority number one right now. Well, so Make all your yep, phone calls he, there, but you, you've got to start figuring out you know, where, where is the next option or the next couple of options? Because you've yeah. got to find some names. The only other thing I could be thinking here, uh, and it kind of goes to a lot, what uh, Neil replied to us just now is that they might just be like super banking on the upcoming class. Like they might just be thinking like this upcoming class is going to put them in, in March madness. Like this upcoming class is going to place them into the NCAA tournament. Cause like, how could you be so lax about the 2023 calendar year? And what I mean about that is that you not calendar year. I meant recruiting class. I don't know why I said that the 2023 recruiting class, they only have offered so many guys and they're only been serious about three of them. So yeah. I don't understand how they could be so lax about that and just be thinking like, okay, like whatever, like we didn't get a read. Cool. Like I, I don't sense any urgency that Syracuse basketball actually cares about having lost Reed Ducharme. Um, so if they lose JP as well, you kind of just have to hope like they have a plan, they understand what's going on. But with recent success or the lack thereof, I don't feel comfortable putting my eggs in that basket. So I mean, they've put it, they've put us in a position to just be questioning every move they make, and again, the lack thereof. So Oh, oh, and I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I, I, you know, maybe they, you're saying it, maybe they know something we don't and they don't need to, you know, have this focus right now. As much as that sounds, I don't even know the word that I want to use to describe that. Uh, I, I don't think there is a comfort level that you could find that can make you complacent in recruiting and not prioritize recruiting. Uh, because when you look at, you know, your perennial powerhouses, right? If we go to Duke's recruiting class, they're not taking the 2023 class off because they have a good class of 2022, right? That's that's true. not what you're true. about to find. Totally true. Right? Duke comes into the class with the class of 2022 with what? They have... They've got every... I see six, five, no, seven, five stars. Infinity stone on the planet coming in. 
They have seven five stars coming in. Or no, sorry. That was the offers. They offered seven. They have the number one they recruiting class. They have two top seven guys coming in. Correct. With four five-star recruits in the class of 2022. Does that mean they're done? They don't need to recruit for the next class? Oh, I was talking class? about 23. They no. already have two top seven Correct. guys coming in for 23. I was talking about, yeah, 2022. They have the number oh, okay. one class, right? With gotcha, four gotcha, five, gotcha. or five-star recruits. You, you don't, you're not done, right? You, you can't stop. You can't be complacent. What do they follow it up with? They have four or five stars committed already, Ridiculous. and Syracuse doesn't have a single recruit in the class of 2023. Uh, it's it's yeah. time, right? You you cannot get complacent in recruiting. You cannot think guys are guarantees when they're not guarantees. You need to prioritize a recruit until and past the day they claim they're coming to Syracuse. And by the it way, a day one today they leave Syracuse priority that these guys are treated well and they're, you know, shown that this is, you know, we're building with you and we're finding these ideas and we want you here and let's try this and all of that. These conversations need to be recurring from day one in the recruiting process until they leave. And hopefully beyond that, when you bring a, you know, a star back to help you in the recruiting process in theory. Uh, I was just going to say, um, by the way, for that 23 class, they're also warm on two other guys. And if they get them, they'll have, Six guys, five of which are five stars, one of which is a four star, and they still won't be finished. So there is so like the difference between those two programs. And again, like I'm not saying that Syracuse, like obviously Duke is way better than Syracuse is at basketball. And we all know that. But and if you aren't, you're living a lie. But they should at least be making some sort of stride in the ACC. Like, it is truly disappointing that in the ACC, Syracuse has been nothing of what it was while it was in the Big East. And if you want to blame that on sanctions, go ahead. Uh, Definitely had something to do with it. But I'm going to blame it on lax recruiting as well because they should be getting guys like this. Yeah, and I I was by no means, as you were saying, suggesting that Syracuse should be bringing in five stars you know, left, right, and having four. I wish that'd be great. That'd be great. My point was that the number one recruiting class in the country in 2022 (sighs) cares a hell of a lot about next year's recruiting class as well. Yeah. And that was, you know, yes, you have the quote best recruiting class Bayheim has ever had, but now you have no recruiting class when it comes to (laughs) 23 at this point. Uh, It's time. Uh, I'm excited to see that at least, you know, Mike Williams is, climbing in terms of stars in terms of rankings and things of that nature i think we were discussing that he wasn't we didn't think he was a four star the last time we looked is uh, and he's a four star as we look right now i've heard some good things about him uh this week and seen a couple of things about him this week but he is i mean he needs to be treated like he is the greatest player of all time because right now he is the the one lone option in this 23 class that that seems like Syracuse is in the works. And as you talk about it, right, you talk about the guys that are leaving to make available those five scholarships. Uh, there's there's a lot of guards on that list, and uh, yeah. you're going to need to bring guards in. Well, that's all we got for today. Hopefully next week we get a little bit more happy news. Next week we get to start talking about a football game. There's a football game next week. At the end of the week. How exciting is that? I'm pretty strong for it. Let's go. I know you are as well. Uh, if you want to go get more on the ECC, go make Lockdown ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Lockdown take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Lockdown ACC 
You're Zach and Linus, and listen, that's Lockdown ACC. Owen and I will see you on Monday. Have a wonderful weekend.